This is The Guardian. Hi, this is Guardian Australia Reads. I'm Jane Lee. Every week we ask Guardian Australia's editors what their favourite articles are, and then we read them aloud for you. In recent years, Australian consumers have invested millions of dollars in early stage startups, but experts advise caution. Alex Gorman is Guardian Australia's lifestyle editor. Alex, can you tell me why you chose this story? I noticed that I was getting emails from lots and lots of brands, particularly environmentally or socially conscious brands, asking me to invest in their companies. This was very sort of peculiar to me because these were quite often very small, very independent companies. And so I started looking into it and I realised that equity crowdfunding was exploding in Australia. So it had become legal in 2018, but really during the pandemic, it just took off. So I approached Katie Cunningham, who writes beautifully about personal finance, to just look into all the details for me. And she wrote this excellent kind of explainer piece that really outlines why it's exploding, but also the risks involved and the potential rewards too. Let's hear it. This is What is Equity Crowdfunding? Why Cleaning Product and Nail Polish Startups Ask You to Invest by Katie Cunningham. In October 2021, Eco-friendly cleaning product company ZeroCo broke a record. In just 47 minutes, it raised $3 million using equity crowdfunding, the fastest raise ever seen in Australia. ZeroCo isn't the only company who's been using equity crowdfunding to raise capital. While equity crowdfunding has been open to proprietary companies in Australia since 2018, it's boomed during the pandemic. You may have seen your favourite retreat, ethical beauty brand or plant-based food company spruiking it as a way to support their mission. The largest crowdfunding intermediary, Birchall, has raised over $70 million for over 100 companies since their launch. So what, um, is it? It's asking people, many, many, many people, to invest small amounts of money by buying small amounts of shares in a company, says Associate Professor at UNSW, Marina Neem, whose research focuses specifically on equity crowdfunding. You know the Statue of Liberty? They built it through crowdfunding. So equity crowdfunding is the same concept, just done online. Equity crowdfunding allows companies to sell shares in their business to the public and package prices can be as low as $50. For companies, it's a way to raise the capital required to get an idea off the ground or help grow a business, and unlike a bank loan, it's interest-free money that they don't need to repay. It can also be a good marketing tool, a way to spread the word and create loyal customers, because people who are part owners in a business are incentivised to keep supporting it. For consumers, it's a chance to invest early for an accessible price tag and potentially make a profit somewhere down the line. Of course, as with all things investment, there are potential risks. So before you chip in your money, here's what you need to consider. 
Before equity crowdfunding, investing in an early stage startup could cost tens of thousands of dollars, as well as requiring a lot of paperwork and a relatively high level of financial literacy. Equity crowdfunding makes early stage investment relatively easy for anyone with an internet connection for a more accessible price. Early stage investments mean jumping on board when a company is small, which means you might enjoy a good financial return if the business does well. It's also a money-where-your-mouth-is way of getting behind the ideas you believe in. Many of the companies who use equity crowdfunding have a strong social mission. Zeroco, for instance, creates products that aim to solve the global single-use plastic problem. Hamish Landreth is a financial consultant at Prosperity Wealth Advisors. He says, Of course, I think people are going into it hoping that it works out well and that they make money. But the conversations I'm having with clients, it's not so much about, oh, I want to make X return on this investment. It's, I think this is a great idea that could change the world. I want to help this company succeed. There's a novelty factor too. Some of these businesses are doing quite interesting and cool things. Being a part owner in a brewery is not a bad thing to drop in a conversation at a barbecue. Landreth believes getting the chance to become a shareholder in a business you already like is quite a compelling proposition, perhaps more so than something like being a tiny shareholder in a major bank. Investors generally aren't, or shouldn't be, pouring their life savings into equity crowdfunding ventures. Under Australian legislation, the most an individual can invest per company per year is $10,000, but typically people spend a lot less than this. With ZeroCo, for instance, CEO Mike Smith says that their average parcel investment size was $1,700. There are other safeguards in place as well. The platforms that facilitate equity crowdfunding must do some due diligence on the companies they allow in. Matt Vitale, the CEO of Birchall, says they run all companies through a gatekeeper process to ensure they are eligible to make a crowdfunding offer. That involves ensuring that all the directors and senior managers are of good fame and character, and that any disclosable matters are included in the offer document they legally need to produce. After applying to invest, there's also a five-business-day cooling-off period. Neem says platforms like Birchall have an incentive to keep dubious operators off, because if they are known as intermediaries who attract dodgy companies, they would lose investors. All that being said, Vitaly cautions... It is a really risky asset class. That's just par for the course with early stage investment. And to that point, equity crowdfunding investors need to be aware that as new businesses, the ventures they are investing in have a high chance of failing. Neem says, usually in the first five years, a big chunk of them would fail, like at least half. If a business does go under any money you've put into an equity crowdfunding investment would be lost. That's what happened with Sheba, 
a women-only rideshare business that raised $3 million through equity crowdfunding in 2019 and this year went into voluntary administration. Vitali says there are a couple of companies who have used equity crowdfunding and gone under, but that, anecdotally, the failure rate hasn't been as significant as people thought it might be. Landreth says the regulatory restrictions about how much you can invest indicate it is viewed as a high-risk style of investment. That's there as a protection mechanism, so that people don't get caught up in putting too much into these things. Even if the business doesn't fail, any money put into equity crowdfunding is unlikely to pay off in the short term. You will only get your money, plus any potential return, back after the company you invested in either sells to another corporation or lists on a stock exchange. That might not happen for many years, if at all. As Neem warns, there is no get-rich-quick scheme in them. Crucially, any shares you buy cannot be sold on. Neem says, you really will be trapped in these companies. If you're buying those shares, you're there for the long haul. Landreth explains that buying shares on the stock market is what's called a secondary market. There's someone else there that's always willing to buy the shares back off you. You can pretty much sell at any time. With equity crowdfunding, you can't do that. Any shares you buy are also at risk of the dilution effect. If the company decides to sell more shares through another equity crowdfunding round a year or two down the line, your stake in the business will become smaller and the value of your shares goes down. Neem says, but that's the same as with investing in any company. It's not unique. Lastly, companies who use equity crowdfunding are also subject to less disclosure and reporting requirements than traditional shares. To raise money on the stock market, a business needs to have what's called a prospectus, a type of information statement that can easily cost six figures to prepare. That amount of money is prohibitive for the small startups, so instead the Australian government requires them to create a much simpler disclosure document, the one reviewed by platforms like Birchall. These documents are less detailed, so offer less information for potential investors. In addition, these companies aren't held to the mandatory ongoing reporting requirements of publicly listed companies. Landreth says this lower transparency means you don't always know exactly how well the company's going. That can add some additional risk. If you're interested in equity crowdfunding, the most important thing is to go in with your eyes open. Neem says investors have to pay extra attention and do a little bit more research, especially as any information in their disclosure document is going to be limited. Look into the financial health of the business, how long it's been running for, what sort of profits it has been making, and what they plan to use the money they raise using crowdfunding for. Landreth says, It's probably also worth asking the question of, why is the company doing this? Why aren't they borrowing money from a bank? What's the benefit in crowdfunding? And that's not from a sinister point of view. But is it just because it's a higher risk investment and they can't get capital elsewhere? Or is it a way for them to market their business at the same time? 
Landreth cautions investors to only put in what they're prepared to lose. Even if the investment works out, you're probably not going to be able to get that money back for potentially a number of years. For Neem, the most important thing is that consumers understand the risks involved. My concern is, are investors really appreciating what they're getting into? As long as they know this is a long-term investment and they understand the risk attached to it, then it's fine because they are making an informed decision. That was What is Equity Crowdfunding? Why Cleaning Product and Nail Polish Startups Ask You to Invest by Katie Cunningham. The reader was Emily Elise. To read the article, go to Guardian Australia's website. This episode was produced by Alison Chan, Daniel Simo and Camilla Hannon. I'm Jane Lee. See you next time.